What's up? It's your man Chuck, resident member of the Garrison Squad, and now all the walls are gone. And you got my co-host. It's your Rome Casa, your badass checking in. And you are listening to another episode of Black on Time. So this week it was like very blood and gore um there were a lot of things in this episode that kind of triggered me um but i still enjoyed the artistry overall like how were you feeling (laughs) it's not funny but um it's just like i feel like we've been leading up to this a long time and to see it animated it's kind of interesting um but I'll, I'll discuss my feelings as we discuss the episode okay okay that's fair um it was quite a doozy this week so um so let's just dive right into it how about that mm-hmm, right. so this week we opened up kind of as a continuation from where we ended last week. Uh, There's Grisha and he's still all sad, but we get to actually see his battle with the founding Titan um, before where we didn't get to see it last episode. So we get to see him handle her pretty easily uh, and which was kind of a shock a little bit um especially considering that they th- i mean considering that they thought the founders the prices they thought that the founding titan was pretty much invincible like they just said that like they expected her to go and pretty much be his ass but that is not what happened as we've seen in the bloody opening flashes when it starts like he first he makes easy work of her and then he finishes the rest of the family and it was just like really blood everywhere for about the first minute or so and then we get to see grisha still out there uh pretty much crying and talking to zeke um trying to get everything situated about his feelings and trying to get him to stop aaron as we go forward we see that Zeke is starting to piece things together. So there's that whole, how we were talking a couple episodes about um, Aaron actually being in control the whole time. Like that was really interesting to see Zeke realize that Aaron was actually still the one in control because Zeke starts trying to piece together like what Aaron was showing him or showed uh, his father really and it was like kind of funny because Aaron couldn't do um, what he did in the past if it wasn't for Zeke trying to show him memories. So it was kind of funny how just everything came full circle with in terms of the time um, control abilities that the attack Titan had. Well, it wasn't necessarily time 
control ability more so as just being able to see the memories of all the attack titans forward and past and so Aaron being where he was and Grisha seeing Aaron's memories essentially thinking that he's seeing it for himself is more delusion and Aaron playing mind games with Grisha but I, I don't think it was his actual having time capability more so manipulating the time that he's in because of the access to the path and Zeke bringing him through those memories. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. I guess time controllabilities would be the mm-hmm. wrong way to um, explain it. But uh, just being able to affect the past like that, uh, it was really cool to see um, how like none of this would have happened if it wasn't for Zeke and Aaron didn't quite know that when he was carrying it out but how he was able to still take advantage of that situation that way what happened would happen like it was just kind of like that barrier between time um actually working was kind of funny like you you remember when um Grisha became the attack titan and uh, the owl was talking about like saving Mikasa and Armin and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like even though we don't see it, it kind of makes me wonder was Aaron there talking to the owl to try to get him to still carry out that plan, you know? Like just how deep does it actually go with this? with Aaron talking to past attack titans like well Aaron didn't have to talk to past attack titans because they see Aaron's memories but I don't know like I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of conflicted there like if he did I know they see his memories but they don't make sense of it like you know he told him to save Mikasa and Armin he said I don't know why I don't know who they are but you're supposed to save them and, you know, that's, you know, part of his journey as the Attack Titan for his Attack Titan. But like he said, he didn't know why. He knows that this is in his memories and he knows that this is something he's supposed to say, but he's not sure why. And, you know, Aaron could definitely be playing a part, but I feel like that's not possible because Aaron said that this was only possible because he brought him into the memory. So oh, there is that. But uh, it's a it's a time loop essentially. I'm I'm really trying. I mean, and and I get the concept of time loops, but I'm really trying to get exactly how how it's working in terms of this totally. Um, Just because with the uh, if this all wouldn't have been possible without Zeke doing what Zeke is currently doing then it just makes me wonder how how it all happened in the first place or like was it all destined to happen in the first place like i I, just the the workings of time um right now it's a little a little confusing with like i get like 
how it happened. It's a little confusing um, with how it happened. But uh, I don't know. Like, it's just, it's really interesting to me just to see how the time is working. Mm-hmm. Okay. But there, after we get all of Grisha's um, interactions from last week, then we, we're back in the path and that's when uh, Aaron is telling Zeke that he's grateful that uh, Zeke brought him into the memories and because Aaron was able to do what he wanted to do with that. So they're going back and forth and Aaron's telling Zeke about how he saw the memories and his own future through <laughs> Grisha's memories uh, when, he, when he kissed Historia's hand. And that's when he kind of started scheming that's when he started playing the long game so zeke realizes what's going on and he asks ymir to uh carry out his part of the plan and make all the aliens pretty much infertile and that's his plan to not only uh save the aliens zeke's plan is not only to save the aliens but to uh get through aaron's plan and Aaron, as determined as ever, is not about to let that happen. So then this was kind of disturbing um, to see. Like, it was disturbing um, in the manga when I read it, but it was disturbing to see Aaron. And it made me realize just how much damage he's put his body through in this entire series, but that he was willing to just go without his thumbs and pull his hands out of the cuffs even though um, do you think they experience pain in the coordinate in the in the path no <laughs> well, i guess that would make it easier um, i just don't think aaron cares and he already knows what's gonna happen so them thumbs don't mean nothing I mean, I'm not saying like he would grow attached to them, but it just to see him have do that, like it just was a reminder of how much he has put his body through up to this point. You know, like how much he damages his body, how much all of that been through. Like that, honestly, I don't think that him losing his thumbs at this point would really phase him anyway. Like that's probably some of the least amount of damage he's taken this whole time. We see him break free, and then he's going to go try to catch up with uh, Ymir, which takes us to uh, the intro. As always, get that rocking out to get us really ready for the episode. And then it comes back to uh, Historia and Big Sis learning about fairy tales. So yeah, we see um, Historia and Frida reading. We've seen this before, um, but you know we see a lot of things at different angles um, in this part four version of events. So it's interesting. Um, and Historia and Frida are reading, and Frida is the one who taught Historia how to read. And so you know, Frida's discussing her um, misogynistic views on how to be a lady to Historia. And, you know, they are talking about, like, the fairy tales in the book. And then um, it brings us to the life and the death 
of your mirror, essentially. And so we start off with your mirror's backstory. And I'm not sure if we've seen the whole backstory all put together like this. I know we've seen like bits and pieces of it for sure, but I don't know if we've seen like it play out like this exactly. But we um, start with Ymir um, in her little town 2,000 years ago. They had a little windmill, you know, normal stuff. And then what happens? Colonizers come and tear the town apart and set everything on fire and, of course, take women and children as slaves. And, of course, Ymir is enslaved at this point. And so she is then living her life as one of the king slaves and it was just very disheartening seeing that um and you know she was basically lifeless at that point you know she's just going through the motions doing what she's supposed to do but you know no no substance it was just very like sad seeing the bleakness and she um was abused and you know mistreated during that time and of course after she let one of the pigs free, they basically told her she was free, but <laughs> she wasn't really free. They treated it as a game so they could hunt her, and Can't. we see her. Mm-hmm. I like this whole, like, everything leading up to her um, freeing the pig or getting blamed for setting the pig free. Um, it was kind of triggering to watch during Black History Month. Like, I know they're not Black, but, like, how you said, like, all, how the colonizers came through and then they enslaved a bunch of people and everything like that. Like, and then, like, even the scenes of torture, like, when they're um, cutting the guy's tongue off or whatever. Um, just seeing all of that. And it's probably partially my fault for, like, reading um, different stuff about how enslaved people in America were treated. But, like, it was very triggering to watch them um, hunt this girl for sport. And it was very, like, mm-hmm. kind of, like, I, I empathized a bit. I mean, not even a bit, but, like, totally with, like, them chaining them up and taking them off of slave, slavery. And just the way, like, I, I get into, like, how um, the king of Eldia was, like, talking to her and referring to her as, like, my slave and stuff like that. Like, it was very uncomfortable for me watching this. Yeah, I can understand. Um, But Ymir is, you know, running off in the woods in this quote-unquote game that they're playing with her. And she falls into, well, she walks into a tree and falls through some magical land where she lands in this underground water where there's this parasite that latches onto her and essentially makes her become the first titan and so the villagers and the people that were chasing her see this big light of her turn into a titan and um essentially she's re-enslaved again and you know the king is treating her well free um you know the king is using her for his well-being and still obviously mistreating her and so he makes her build roads um bridge mountains become a war machine 
Um, and then he tells her because she is such a great individual, she should bear his children because that is the gift. And she was um, impregnated against her will three times because when you're a slave, that you don't have your own choices. And so, um, yes. And so she had children and it seemed that she was able to at least show her children some love and affection. Um, you know, the short time that they were alive, that she was alive. And, um, you know, the king is still being an asshole. You can tell like all these women getting him ready and who knows, they're probably like his concubines or something. Um, and so, you know, he's speaking to his subjects after basically the Titan experience brought them from the dark ages and somebody is trying to assassinate him, rightfully so. But unfortunately, um, Ymir saw it as her will to protect him. And so she took the spear for him and lost her life in the process. Well, one thing I will say is that, you know, she was badly injured but the king you know I thought he was shocked because he was like oh my gosh I'm about to show some compassion and of course he did not and he was like get up I know I know that spear didn't kill you and I was just like I can't believe he is saying this right now and I honestly feel like once he didn't show her any love that's what killed her I think you know um so you think that uh, the spear itself didn't care her, but him not, not paying attention to her sacrifice is what actually drained the life out of her. Yes, I do. I think that is essentially what caused all of this because you can see like in the, when I was watching it, you know, her eyes were still open as blank as they were. But then once he said what he said, that's when she closed her eyes. And I feel like she just didn't have any more life left because, you know, who was there to love her? Who was there to care for her? Who was there to, you know, help her? She had no family, no friends. And, you know, she was essentially a workhorse and a slave. So do you you think that she loved him? I think she loved him as a slave loves their abuser. Okay. It's Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. And two thousand yeah. years ago, she may not have had a name for that. Uh, yeah. So, that. yeah, I think that's what actually killed her. And so, of course, the king, being as cruel as he is, asked their daughters to consume their mother's dead body just to gain the power of the Titan. And so that cycle continued until the Titans were split into nine Titans, and basically war followed over the next 2000 years with the titans and then um it takes us back into the past see uh just touching on something with the uh different titans it was really um it was two things with her with the emir's daughters being named maria rose and cena I thought that was uh, kind of cute, kind of cool. And because uh, like with those being the names of the walls and then like with everything that happened, getting those like pretty much 
Rose, Maria, Cena destroy are about to destroy the world. Um, it's kind of something's coming full circle. But I feel that it, it was also uh, interesting to see, like you know how like the path is growing. Um, mm-hmm. through, like when they showed that montage, and Ymir just keeps seeing all of these new titans grow and grow and grow. And even though she, her eyes still look kind of soulless and dark. I mean, we, we're about to get into, like, her having emotions, but she, I wonder what, like, was going through her head as she sees all of this, like, all the paths coming together at the coordinate and, like, just keep branching off and branching off for 2,000 years, you know? Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. I mean, it makes some sense of pride just because, you know, she basically only served the royalty and even with the founding titan power which was essentially only for royalty so i feel like you know she felt like she's just doing her duty see i don't know i was kind of hoping because we did see her have some love for her kids you know and Mm -hmm. we see her like building each of the titans like in the little sand sculptures and whatnot Mm -hmm. um so uh, i was kind of um feeling some type of uh i don't know it just like love for her offsprings for her descendants um just because like after the first um ones when you see her daughters branch off of hers uh it, it just she just kept looking at it uh or looking at the path and i i don't know i just wanted like, I just want something good for her um, or just something, like, something fulfilling for her. So to see her, like, lugging the sand back and forth, looking soulless, like, I, I was just hoping that um, being able to form her off, her descendants would give her, I don't want to say joy, because, like, as, like, the, none of this is what she wanted, but give her some type of, I don't know, solace or something. Cause she, she just, I want something good to happen for you. I mean, yeah, that's wishful thinking, but I don't think that she had happy thoughts because I feel like if anything, she felt lonely and it's not like the people, once they die, when they branched off, they will come there and hang out with her. You know, that's not really what it was. And so I feel like she was looking longingly, like hoping that, you know, one of these branches would come and help her because she was the only one in there looking shit. So, I mean, I'd be like, damn, another branch. Oh, some more work for me to do. Shit. That's what I would be doing. But it's just like, you know, I just really feel like she felt like somebody like, damn, is somebody going to come? You know, and like I feel like that ties into what Aaron said. Like two thousand years, you've been here alone, and you know you've been waiting on somebody to come. Like that's exactly what I felt like she was waiting on somebody. That's what she kept looking for. Yeah, I can see that. Mm, yeah, I could I could really see that because um, when Aaron does catch up to her, and Aaron uh, does start talking to her, like she's a person. Because Aaron's mm-hmm. the only one who actually talked to her like a person probably since before the Eldians came and enslaved her, you know? Because mm-hmm. 
because Zeke even, even though Zeke was talking about, oh, I've been here for what seems like a millennia or a second. I really can't determine. And I've learned all of this. And Ymir um, pretty much serves anybody who's royal and all of this. Zeke wasn't addressing her like she was an actual person, you know? Mm-hmm. That was part of Zeke's downfall because Zeke hasn't, Zeke, and Zeke has shown levels of um, empathy um, for his former comrades, um, levels mm-hmm. of concern, like when he thought Peak died or when Colt was uh, concerned about uh, Falco. So, like, he, he's, he, I'm not going to say he has it in him, but, like, those things are there. But he even then, he doesn't ever address people as people. He addresses them as objects to his goal. And that's how he's treating Ymir. So when... Um, the fruit don't fall too far from the royal tree. Speaking of the royal tree, there was a shot where Ymir looked a lot like Astoria uh, when she was pregnant and just sitting there in a rocking chair looking sad. And that kind of made me sad for Astoria. Um, and the way... Why? Because she's not going to do nothing for the rest of the story? <laughs> <laughs> I, I I I just because it made me kind of look at how Historia looks sad and just like feels useless um, and used in a way that Ymir was looking used. Um, but when Aaron starts talking to Ymir and he's telling her like that she doesn't have to bow to anyone. And she can decide, and it's her choice. And then, you know, the shot that they show her reacting to it, um, when, like, we actually see her eyes for the first time in the entire show, um, even before she was enslaved. Um, It was just, like, that was a very powerful moment for me. Um, Just because, like, you could feel the emotion there. You could see it. even though, like, you have Zeke running in the background saying, like, I told you to do this. I'm a descendant of royal blood. Mm-hmm. Follow me. And Aaron's just sitting there talking to her like she's, like, his little sister or something like that. And he's like, you've been waiting 2,000 years for someone. Like, to your point, what you said with Ymir sitting around this whole time waiting for somebody to come and join her, waiting for somebody to... Uh, <laughs> help her carry these sand pails mm-hmm. um, to make the titan so and that shows the depth of Aaron's character in a lot of ways because Aaron has for Aaron clearly does care about those around him um, and we're definitely going to see how he feels when he gives his impassioned speech later but um the, the way that he could just show concern for uh, Ymir at a time like this. And even if it's a little bit um, deceptive in its uh, purposes, it's still just very, it was still just very like, showed so much care and concern that um, it kind of reassured me about where Aaron stands in the terms of things. Like, I'm kind of like, okay, 
Aaron is, um, he's doing whatever he's doing. He's doing it out of love because um, he still is able to show love to literally, literally the matriarch of all Eldians, you know? So it, it was really nice to see that whole thing um, go on. But then after that, um, Zeke catches up to Aaron and uh, <laughs> it does not work in Zeke's favor uh, because Aaron's emotional plea or feeling like feeling uh, Ymir's pain, um, feeling her tears, it, she decides to grant him the power of the founder. And then we see the same parasite that pop, that saved Ymir's life, save Aaron's. Yeah, so it's kind of interesting because it was all happening in all this happened, these last two episodes happened in a millisecond, essentially. And yeah. you see Aaron revert and when he realized exactly what's going on and he's like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm back. This is where I am. My head is how to unattached from my body. And then he, you know, becomes one with the parasite and becomes the hugest titan we've ever seen in the story. That's freaky. And you know the walls are huge. So it's like, it's bigger. It's like 10 times bigger than the wall of uh, titans. So it's really huge. And so um, he turns into this giant um, founding titan and then the walls immediately start to crumble, um, like the whole ground shaking. And all the walls starting to fall apart. And so everybody that was on the wall, obviously, you're going to have to go. And so um, Mikasa and Armin were on the walls, but they moved to a house. Peak, I didn't see where she landed, but she was on top of the wall. Um, several people were on top of the Lock wall. bitch ass. Yeah, when this was all happening. I didn't see McGath and stuff, so that was interesting. But I didn't see, like, Connie and John. I think they were, like, you know, had their panic face on, too. And, um... Faces. Yeah. So, everybody's, like, all this... Gabby, you know, her freaking out, um, realizing everything. And this is all happening so quickly. And so, like, the walls are crumbling and these giant times are you know, actually leaving. And so we see Armin and Mikasa. And, you know, Armin's like, oh my gosh, this is Aaron. We won. And Mikasa like, what? And <laughs> she's like, speak up. And he like, we won. And she's like, huh? And he's like, you know, if the walls are falling and the rumblings happen to me, Aaron won. And so Mikasa's looking like, okay. She's like, Aaron came home to us. And I'm like, mm. And she was like, you know, the explosion happened where Aaron was. And so, like, I think they're putting pieces together. And so, you know, Armin's looking, and he's like, okay, wait, it, it's way more Titans coming than the ones that were just, because, you know, it's supposed to be just Chikonshika right. um, Titans. Now, while all the Walmarts are gone following these Titans, he's like, that's way too many Titans for Marley. Like, that does not make sense. So I arm is calculating. Maria, it's like what is Maria Rose too, right? Of course, but I'm just saying that's what he said in the mm. in the show. So 
he was just like, you know, Walmart is coming down too. And so he's realizing that Aaron's deviating from what the initial plan is, but his face is saying more than what his actual words are saying. And Yelena's looking like, what the fuck? Because she's saying Zeke, because obviously, you know, this wasn't part of her and Zeke's plan. So, you know, everybody's having their own little thoughts going on right now. And so they realize that the walls are coming down. And then Aaron says, let me, allow me to introduce myself. I am Aaron Yeager and basically tapped in onto all the LBN intercom and brought everybody into paths and said, you know, this is Aaron and, you know, I'm from Parody and the Titans in the Walls are coming for you guys. And if you are not on Parody Island, you're going to die. And <laughs> I don't know what else to tell you about that. And so... You know, everybody's just like looking because they're trying to figure out like, what the fuck? Where are we? And, you know, who is Aaron Yeager? And why is he talking about this? And this is all, I'm sure, a shock for a lot of people who probably just found out what Purity was in the last three years. So this is all just a lot for a lot of people. And I am very interested to see where this is gonna go especially with his um tapping in on everybody you know that was um his uh public broadcasting system was pretty mm-hmm. nice um i i am interested to see where it's gonna go i did like the little glimpses of people that we were mm-hmm. able to see. like like it uh, one that stuck out to me was annie's dad um, mm-hmm. seeing him you got to see his story you got Falco knocked out and all of that Pixies, Pixies. which is interesting because I'm like did he turn people back into regular people or are they still Titans and they this in the past I see I don't know that's that is a very good question because they, the scouts didn't killed all the Titans on parody right like all the regular all the yes. regular Titans mm-hmm. so that means that um any because we do know that they're they're like we see in the previews that there are still the titans that zeke made still roaming around mm-hmm. so, it's presumably um, so it's just like did they pause <laughs> in their titan state or whatever mm-hmm. join the assembly like um i don't know it's just and then seeing how everybody was reacting to Aaron saying, like, yeah, they're trying to, the world is going to kill all the Eldians. They're not going to stop till they can. So I'm taking care of this and I'm protecting Paradis. And if you're not, like, like you said, like, if you're not on LD, if you're not on Paradis, then you're pretty much SOL, even if you're an Eldian. He said, all the pure blood Eldians <laughs> with me. The rest of y'all, I don't know about y'all. <laughs> like good luck my guy but mm-hmm. it, and it's really just interesting to see how um, Aaron is going to attack this situation attack this problem because mm-hmm. um, when Armin was saying like if they're going to if Aaron's going to destroy the military alliance like what's the point of doing any of this like what's the point of all of this uh, it just kind of speaks to 
the way that Aaron is just going to go about and do his own thing. Like before, Armin definitely thought that he could at least kind of guess what's in Aaron's head. He thought that he knew his best friend well enough that, oh yeah, I'm pretty sure he wouldn't do this and not harm us. But it's like, well, I'm sorry, buddy, but you're wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. Bam. That's the end of the episode. Yeah. Uh, it, it, this one, did it feel heavy to you? Heavy? Mm-hmm, the episode. I mean, we've already talked about the slavery aspect, so yes. Well, I'm. I mean, even beyond that, like with the rumbling finally starting, um, you know, oh. work. it was more so like finally. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know because we. I mean, we even seen we see the clips every week, um, in the intro, but it, it just. Because, like, when uh, Aaron's talking about the wall titans, are going to trample every inch of the world beyond this island. Like, every inch of the world. They're going to destroy it all. And it's just like... What are they going to do when they're done? They're like, well, I guess we got everything. <laughs> I was actually wondering that. Like, if you trample every inch of the world, like, you know, what are they going to do when they're done? They're just going to uh, do, like, Thanos and just sit down and retire. I'm like, are they all gonna walk back to Parody and join back the walls, or are they gonna disappear? But I'm thinking too far ahead. I guess that uh, Aaron can control however that would play out, since he has Founder Titan power now. Mm-hmm. Aaron really, Aaron really was scheming for at least four years, but in reality, he could have been like. For two thousand years, in reality, yeah. So, but it didn't even have to take that long. So. But question: um, When Aaron had said something about, uh, "Did you bring me here?" Like he asked you near that, right? Like, or did you guide me here? So, mm-hmm. does that mean, like, you know how, like, you mirror? Which this made me think. So, you know how you. Ymir kept looking and we discussed all of that like she was waiting for somebody 2,000 years um, and we already know that Ymir as the original founding Titan I guess she had some type of the powers that um, all of the nine Titans have mm-hmm. um, do you think that in some way she was uh, planting that in her descendants as the power was passed down possibly I mean, I don't, I mean, she could have had, definitely had a hand in this. I'm trying, I, because I'm kind of, I'm trying to figure those type of things out, like those theoretical questions that. Why you just can't watch the show? I mean, speculating is almost as fun. Okay. After I watch the episodes, I I just have so many questions in regards to how, uh, like what characters are thinking when they decide to embark upon their actions. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did you have any other questions? Um, no, not not really, not directly. Okay. Do you want to get into the manga comparisons? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So like the manga this week 
was uh, parts 121, 122, and 123. Um, it kind of went like, like if you're going to read along with it, uh, I just wouldn't read 123. You're not missing anything. I just read the rest of 121 and 122 because that's mainly what the um, episode is. And then like the very end of the episode is in the middle of 123. So you're going to get a bunch of stuff that we're going to undoubtedly see next week uh, if you read 123. But uh, just the... And I know we've talked about it before, especially when Corey came on, about the pacing of the manga in uh, comparison to the pacing of the anime. Mm -hmm. And that felt very uh, prevalent in this particular episode. Um, Just because, like, even though it's just about scene for scene, like, there are some um, liberties taken and concerns of the... uh, time sorry there's some liberties taken and concerns of the uh, words and stuff like that that was used but um it just in the manga when i was reading the manga after the episode everything seemed to be happening so much slower i guess and not even just because i was reading it just the way that it was kind of drawn out pun intended um it just kind of felt like it was slower whereas mm-hmm. um everything happening here in the anime like how you pointed out that it all happened in one millisecond even those last two episodes um it was just really it was really bang 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 in the uh anime which kind of made it feel more urgent in a sense because like you have all of the titans coming out of the walls and they're going on to trample things where at, in the manga, it was a lot more, oh, this is what's happening. So you got to kind of get a look in at each character as everything was happening. Um, so that, that, that kind of felt a little bit different. But other than that, I didn't really see too many um, differences between the manga and the anime. Okay. So do you have a Titan of the Week? Yes, I do. I absolutely have a Titan of the Week. Titan of the Week. It's going out to my girl, Ymir. Okay. Interesting. Because first off, she is the originator of this Titan stuff. I don't know what type of tree she fell into. I don't know if that tree still exists anymore or how that works. Well, she broke it down when she became a Titan. She broke it down. Oh, when the tree. She, when she formed into a titan for the first yeah. time, the tree fell over. Well, if the pool still existed, like mm-hmm. if, if if where this um where, where her birth into a titan um was, I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know why she ain't just wiped out those dudes when she became a titan. I know, right? I was thinking the same thing. Like. You did, you did. <laughs> Absolutely. Even Team if you go, like, honestly, all of y'all that snitched on me, that blamed it on me, y'all get it too. Even though she was empathetic and all that, mm. always was trying to help people. 
but like everything that Ymir went through in this episode, um, I mean, she was a badass. She was passionate. She gave her life for somebody that did not deserve her life. Mm -hmm. She was a mother. Like you just got to see all of these things. And then it was just so emotional for her. Like this episode is pretty much about Ymir. Like the story of Ymir, the Ymir fairy tale, if you will, was the, in my opinion, the most important part of the episode. Uh, so I, I'm going to give my title of the week to Ymir just for everything she's endured. For She built a whole nation. She built a whole race of people. So, And she did go in Titan form. So. essentially she built the whole race of mutants but sure <laughs> she gave him the exchange she gave him something all right but yeah i don't have a titan of the week because i feel like emir still got some work to do because we wouldn't have to show she wasn't getting to business from the get-go but <laughs> yeah it was very interesting and the previews i'm kind of Excited to see what the repercussions of the rumbling starting look like for everybody else. Yeah, I I do wonder how that's gonna turn out because like the Titans are going everywhere, right? So like mm-hmm. like oh the, the lady that uh, snuck Aaron into um, Marley last. Mm-hmm season um on your capone's people so like ugh. even the uh Eldians that are stuck in marley and might not disagree with aaron necessarily it, it is going to be interesting to see where that goes mm-hmm. so do you have any predictions um my predictions for next week um i don't have any predictions of what i think will happen the things i'm looking forward to seeing will happen are how uh Mikasa and armin um come to terms with what's going on um because mm-hmm. has really seemed kind of out of it ever since um mm-hmm. she hasn't been on the same wavelength as aaron and then armin seeing that because he's been right guessing everything up to now. So seeing how that's going to play out in terms of um, him coming to terms that he was wrong about what uh, Aaron was thinking, um, the, those would be, well, that's what I'm looking forward to. Or that's what I'm looking for. How about you? Mm, I already gave mine. I don't have anything else besides that. Yeah, um, I think that that's just about everything that I have on this week's episode. Okay. So where can we find you? Uh, you can find me at Chuck underscore mate underscore. And if you find that account, then you found all of the accounts. Yourself. Okay. You can find me on Twitter at Primayana, or you can find me on my other podcast, Kind of Complicated, streaming most places that you can find 
um, podcast. So come check us out there. We release bi-weekly. Dope podcast. Definitely go check it out. Um, you can hit us up at Gmail, on Gmail, at blackontitanaot at gmail.com. And you can also rate us five stars uh, while you're at it. Uh, if you rate us less than five stars, then you're being a flock and nobody wants to do that. <laughs> well, we'll catch y'all next week. Closing time. <laughs>